time for the Vintage Truth Podcast with best-selling author and Bible teacher, Jeff Kinley. Hey, happy 4th of July to you. Happy Independence Day. Uh, we celebrate uh, a special day in our country every year on July the 4th, uh, celebrating our independence from England. I realize that there may be some of you listening from England today. Please take no offense. I've actually been in England on July 4th at times and wondered, well, why aren't there fireworks uh, going on? And so it's kind of ironic. One time I was in England in a small uh, town and there was a, um, a Chinese restaurant and someone said, well, hey, let's go eat Chinese. And so I realized as I'm eating Chinese on this day, I realized it was July 4th and I'm in another country. And so it's kind of like all these cultures and worlds kind of colliding type of thing. But yeah, that's what we do in America. We celebrate July 4th. It's it's a very American thing. It's red, white, and blue. It is baseball. It is cookouts and barbecues. And it's, you know, having fun with your family. It's fireworks on the river, on the lake, and just being with people. You know, that's what it's all about. It's a celebration. And it's good for a country to celebrate uh, something that uh, that is a part not only of their history, but a part of their heritage as a people. You know, America is such a diverse and divided country today. We forget that at one time we were united. Back in 1776, we were united. We had one purpose together. We were all in this thing together. And America was founded with the Christianized principles that we found that we find in the Bible. And she was once, I think, a great, as someone has said, a great shining light of hope to the world. And, you know, part of that, I think that we have, um, you know, we've, we've forgotten. A lot of that we've lost, but part of it we've even forgotten, even with our, our, our country's lawmakers, our government today. You know, patriotism has just seemed like it's on, on the wane. You know, it's just seemed like it's in decline. Like you stand up to be a patriot these days, they call you a nationalist, as, as if that's some sort of you know horrible thing to be, to be proud of your team, to be proud of your country. You know, when you go to a football game, you've got half the stands cheering for one side, half the stands cheering for the other side. People don't say you're bad because you cheer for your side, just because you have a team that you like, you wear their jersey, you support them. Guess what? America, hey, America's our team. We fly the flag proudly. Because America has has been a champion for for so many good things. I mean, the Judeo-Christian principles upon which this country was founded, unlike some barbaric countries, un, unlike some pagan countries, Christianity, a Judeo-Christian worldview, informed the founding of our country. There's no denying that. Now, you wouldn't go back and you can dissect the lives of the founding fathers if you want to. But it doesn't take away from the fact that in our founding documents, in our founding principles, were statutes and morals that helped us change not only the world, but help us found a country that, that I believe has become the greatest country in the world, at least at one time we were. But, but our Christian principles helped so many causes, so many great things in the world. They, they were the foundation for morality and family in our country. Our country helped bring res- more respect to women, the issues and ideals of mercy and compassion. You know, Christians helped found, ch- Christians and churches helped found hospitals. Uh, they started education. 
they were the workforce behind labor and economics, behind the whole idea of generating wealth in a, in a society where you are free. And that concept of freedom itself comes from the Bible. Liberty, justice, pursuit of happiness. How about this? How about abolition of slavery? That's a Christian principle that we ignored because we carried over with us some of the practices of the world. But finally, we grew up and matured as a nation and abolished slavery. How about the arts or science, architecture, music, law and justice, and of course the sanctity of life, the treatment of orphans, the founding of orphanages comes out of the Christian worldview, uh, respect for the elderly, taking care of older people. All these things have as their roots uh, Christian values. Now, there are other religions that have uh, some similar principles as this and and who, who kind of overlap in there, but no one, no no founding Christian, no founding nation has at its core, as, it, as its cornerstone, the principles of uh, the Word of God. The pioneers who came here, who settled here, were predominantly Christian. Uh, then, you know, the Great Awakening of the 18th century, where tens of thousands of people were converted, it changed everything. In fact, Benjamin Franklin used to say that you couldn't walk down uh, any street in America and not hear him singing coming from the homes inside. But we were founded on these principles. Even in the Declaration of Independence, we see God mentioned five different times. He's mentioned as the God of the, as the source of common grace, the God of, who sustains the world, the God who is the giver of certain inalienable rights. God is the judge. God is the sovereign. He is the protector. I mean, it's right there in our founding documents. And, and that comes from, from the original 56 signers of the Declaration of Independence. Only two of them were ministers. So the rest of them are signing on to this thing, meaning that this type of Christianized thinking really permeated society. It was there. Even unbelievers in Thomas Jefferson's day understood that the biblical principles of Christianity were what would secure and stabilize this new republic, this new venture. And it would protect the rights and freedoms of its citizens. In fact, Thomas Jefferson once said this, walking to church one day with a friend. He said, no nation has ever existed or been governed without religion, nor can be. The Christian religion is the best religion that has ever been given to man. And I, as chief magistrate of this nation, am bound to give it the sanction of my example. That's Thomas Jefferson. Now, he wasn't a perfect man, but he at least endeavored to help bring this nation those Christian principles. You know, I outline in great detail the Christian underpinnings and findings of our nation in my book, The End of America, question mark, Bible Prophecy in a Country in Crisis. I talk about this, and I list all the different ways that America was founded as a Christian nation. So our founding fathers really understood this whole principle, but here's the deal. We don't need to paint them as 21st century, right-wing, ultra-conservative evangelicals because they were already God-fearing people. They had a deep respect for Scripture. They had a commitment to religious freedom. They weren't trying to create some sort of religious state or a state religion punishing people who didn't embrace Christianity, but they did purposefully align our nation's foundation with the cornerstone 
of a biblical framework of basic Christian morality and of civil behavior. They recognize that Christianity alone provides the best principles upon which to found and govern our nation. But the problem is, is that we've drifted from that foundation. We've drifted from those moorings. And we've declined spiritually in our country. In fact, in a 2015 study of unchurched people, George Barna found that 25% of America's unchurched adults identify as either being atheist or agnostic. Okay? About one-third of them have never attended a church service. In fact, most people today, more than at any time in our entire country's history, more people are not attending church than at any time since our founding. And what's happening is, is that this group of, of skeptics that, that we, we see in our generation, that they're not just skeptical, they're also antagonistic, as we'll talk about in a minute. But this group of skeptics, Barna found, was on average to be younger, on the whole, more educated, mostly women, racially diverse, and regionally dispersed throughout the country. In other words, this next, next generation is much more gospel-resistant especially among millennials. Some of you guys listening today have children who are in this millennial generation. You're thinking, how in the world can I reach them? Some of you have grandchildren that are in this generation. Listen, I've spent the past 30 plus years speaking and writing to those people. Those are my target audience. I, I want to help reach the next generation for Jesus Christ and with God's vintage truth. And so sometimes... When you don't know what to say, well, here's a guy who's saying it. And someone will give him a copy of one of my books. And they'll say, oh, what? This makes sense to me. I don't necessarily agree with everything Jeff says, but it totally makes sense. Hey, did you know that even spirituality itself is also taking a hit uh, in America, even among church-going people? Now, wait a minute. Oh, back up a second. You say, so even the people that are going to church, they're not quite as spiritual, right? Well, not exactly. Here, here's what happens. Less than half of Americans now attend church of any kind. And for those who do, it occurs infrequently. If you're a pastor, you're listening to this, hey, you're lucky to get your people to come twice a month. Most people are not coming every week anymore. They just don't. They give you twice a month. They go, ah, that's half. That's pretty good. It's more than a tithe of my time, right? 50% is pretty big, right? So most people, when I pastored a church, I had a few regular attenders, which I was very thankful for, but Many of them just twice a month. I'll see you in a couple of weeks. But here's the deal. When asked, when those people were asked, what, if anything, helps Americans grow in their faith? You ready for this? Church didn't even make the top 10 list. So in other words, even people who identify themselves as Christians don't see their churches as being a major influence in their spiritual life. How ironic that the very institution birthed to foster and nurture spirituality and faith is having little influence in helping people grow in their relationship with God. Now, that may not accurately describe your church or, or your relationship with God. I hope it doesn't, but it does describe quite a few. Barna also found that 59% of millennials who grew up in church have now dropped out at some point. They say they find God elsewhere, or, or they even say, 35% of them say, God really isn't even relevant to me anymore. We're becoming less and less 
spiritual, less and less religious, and more and more secular. About one in four Americans identify themselves as evangelical Protestants, even though evidence shows that those numbers are also on decline. But we're also decaying morally in our country. You know, we are politically, right now, we're divided. We could not be any more polarized politically right now. And that is driving much of the dialogue and the spirit and the personality of our country right now. People look at you as either liberal or conservative, Democrat or Republican, you know? And if you even hint that you lean one way or the other, they're going to go ahead and paint you with this giant paintbrush as being completely right-wing, wacko, conservative, or left-wing, cross-eyed, maniacal, liberal, okay? And so we're polarizing ourselves, and this is driving the narrative our, of our country right now. We're politically divided. We're racially divided as well. And, and much of our racial division, you ready for this, is driven by our political divisions because there's a, there is a narrative, there's a storyline that people are propagating, and they want to say, well, if you are conservative in your morals or in your politics, then you must be racist. I mean, that's just the narrative that they're propagating out there. And so we're politically divided, we're racially divided, but we're morally just imploding. We're eroding morally. We see that not only through uh, the, the growth of, of the whole homosexual, lesbian community and everything that's going on there. I talk a lot about that in the book as well. Uh, someone asked me today, Jeff, you know, how are we supposed to respond uh, to gay people, to homosexuals? I was just in the Philippines where I led uh, three different community seminars on can you be gay and be a Christian. I'm trying to find audio of that presentation that I can link you to. Uh, but basically, and there's so much I said in that, in that presentation, then took a lot of questions and answers afterwards. But, you know, we as Christians have to be committed to God's uncompromising truth when it comes to morality. It is black or white, and there is no in-between. Now, you can try to, oh, what about this situation? What about this? What if I feel this and do this and think this? I've always done this, whatever. God's word remains. It's uncompromising. But at the same time, there must also be an unwavering commitment to love and compassion. We as the Christian community, we do not owe anyone an apology for this, for for standing on the truth. But we do need to reach out to people. And become their friends and show them what a Christian is like. Now, they may totally hate us for it or reject our faith, but we still have to stand for the truth and we still have to love them passionately. What about the whole issue of abortion? We're still slaughtering thousands of, abor- of, of babies every day in our country. We're not backing off from that. Now, hopefully there's going to be some changes at some levels, but I don't see really any hope of us overturning the quote-unquote right for a mother to murder her own baby. Think of how barbaric and how pagan and how judged we are because of that. I've got an entire chapter in the end of America that talks about God's abandonment of our country. That's what's happening right now. He is abandoning our country. We are not great because we are not good. We are not favored by God because we are not a holy nation. We are not a nation that is standing for the right principles. And I praise God that we have some in government that are. You know, we can't just write off everyone in government as being a complete crook. There are lots of crooks, a lot of deceivers, and 
it's like the wallpaper in Washington is is papered with lies. We are a nation full of liars and deceivers. But at the same time, there are good people doing good things. We need to applaud those people for doing those good things, even though they may not do good things in every area. When when a politician or a, a community official, government official does something worthy of praise, we need to praise that and say thank you and agree with it instead of just condemning them all. But our country as a whole, we're still slaughtering 56 million babies since 1980. How do you, how do you get forgiveness for that? Only when we as a nation repent and fall on our face. And so that's continuing to happen. We're declining spiritually. We're decaying morally. And yet, and yet, there is one ray of hope in this whole thing. Are you ready for what it is? I'll tell you what it's not. It's not government. Yes, we should be in government. We should change it. We should work for the things that are good. Government's not the answer. It's not media. It's not just blaming Hollywood for everything and then changing the way that we do movies. We should change the way we do movies. How about video games? All these things. We, we can have influences in those about the arts. How about education? It's a massive area where we're losing generations because of the lies that are propagated in the educational system. Both, I mean, it's starting in grammar school now where they're exposing them to transgender people. And also, it goes all the way up to the college level and the postgraduate level. Some people can't get their degrees because they're Christian. They're being blackballed because of their views. But watch this. We should have influence in those areas, but education is not going to save us. It's a good secondary area. Politics is secondary. Media is secondary. But there's a primary area. And the primary area are the souls of men and women, of boys and girls, to get the gospel out to the world, to be the salt and light for our world. That is why we're doing what we're doing. That's why we have the Vintage Truth Podcast, to get the word, the truth out to the world. The answer is Jesus. And the more Jesus that we get into the world, the more the world is going to know what the truth is so they know whether or not they need to repent. And of course they do. Yesterday I was at a restaurant and, and this guy pulled up in this massive, huge pickup truck. He had this, these words across the windshield said, Jesus loves you. And on the back of his truck, was this gargantuan wooden cross, like like strapped to his to the bed of his pickup truck. And I guess the guy's going around the country, you know, dragging his cross around, telling people about Jesus. You know, I, I applaud him for, for wanting to tell the world about Jesus. But, but listen, we've got to get out there and, and have relationships with people. We just can't yell across the street at someone or put on some circus sideshow to try to get someone's attention. We have to develop relationships with people. And the only way that America is going to be great again is if America comes to know Jesus. And the only way America is going to come to know Jesus is that we for, stop stop thinking about America as a whole and just on a state level. We need to get down to the community level. What about your community? What about your neighborhood? What about your friends? What about your school? What about your circle of influence? Hey, what about your church? Are people in your church coming to know Jesus? Because there are a lot of people in your church I'm sure don't know Jesus. See, it comes down to individual believers saying, if my country is going to be a great country in the eyes of God, guess what? You ready for this statement? It's on me. And until we as Christians accept that responsibility, America will never be great again. We will continue to devolve and spiral into our rebellion and our sin and the cesspool of idiocy that is characterizing our country. 
but it doesn't have to be like that. Christians all over our country need to rise up and take responsibility for the gospel that has been entrusted to you. You do that, and we can make this country great again. Hey, happy 4th of July. Enjoy your time. God bless you. I'll see you next time on the Vintage Truth Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Vintage Truth Podcast. Please subscribe and share with a friend. For more about Jeff's ministry, go to jeffkinley.com.